Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World episode 145. I'm your host John Jordan and very pleased today uh, I'm joined by Kevin Cho. How's it going Kevin? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. I, I don't really know where to, where to start in terms of um, sort of, sort of uh, Kevin Cho from, from Company X because you have fingers in a few different pies. So maybe uh, we can start off with you giving a, a bit of a potted history about the uh, couple of decades you've been in, in gaming and... Uh, and, and now Web3, so... Uh, yeah, I've been building a Web3 for about five years, you know, at this point. So at this point, uh, I'm pretty, I guess, long-time veteran in the space and yeah. <clears throat> gone through a lot of bull markets, bear markets, bull markets again, and now bear markets again. So I've <laughs> seen, I think, at least uh, two full cycles in five years. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, lately, and then prior to that, I started building uh, free-to-play games in 2006 and so free-to-play games in 2006 was really kind of circuit facebook uh browser you know based games and so that was i think before blockchain based games was really the last major business model shift in gaming um and uh so i built uh, a company called kabam at the time ran that for 11 years uh, grew it about 400 million dollars in revenue um and uh, exited that after 11 years to korea's biggest gaming company called netmarble um, and then I've been building in, in blockchain for, for five years. So very excited to, um, to be on the show. And then lately, I should say, I should end it with, uh, the last, uh, year or so I've been really focused on a project called trophy, which is a gaming sort of identity and loyalty, uh, platform, uh, on mobile devices and, um, and, uh, very excited to talk about that as well. Good, good, good. Cool. So, um, yes, that, that was a, a very potted history. You've been, you've been slightly modest. I mean, I think the uh, certainly I covered you a lot when you were at Kabam, which was really one of the big um, sort of uh, mobile free-to-play uh, sort of developer publishers. You did a lot of very cool stuff. Did the uh, the Marvel Marvel game is the one that sort of uh, particularly uh, yeah. sticks. Marvel, right. um, champions um, still going strong. So some of those products are, are probably you know they are about a decade into their into their lives. Um, and you've yes. done a few other things which we, we may touch on as as as, as time comes. But um. Um, I, I guess on a, on a very sort of broad level, you know, you've been involved with um, games that have been played by you know tens of millions of players, have made you know hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. So you have a very, I think, good idea of how you take sort of uh, entertainment sort of uh, franchises and 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 go mass market, which is sort of something we talk about a lot in the Web three space. And you know, right. we've sort of seen you know maybe sort of examples of things that have had that for a few months, and and and, and you know. I think there's a lot of potential in there, but as someone who's sort of built companies on that sort of scale, you know, what do you think are the biggest sort of obstacles we have at the moment? Well, I, I think the, <clears throat> I think right as, as of 2023, I think our biggest mm -hmm. obstacle is blockchain gaming needs to move to mobile. Okay. Um, you know, the mobile revolution was really the last, I, it, it, it really brought game. We, we talk about gaming today as reaching over, you know, two and a half billion people. And the reason it reaches over two and a half billion people is is very much because of the smartphone. Mm -hmm. um, the number will be way, way smaller than that. I, I, I think the latest console numbers are still in the, the lower 100 million, you know, sort of range for this last generation of, of consoles. And so really mobile has expanded the market by 20x, right? If we're going to talk about billions of people playing games, we're really talking about mobile games. And I think the blockchain gaming world um you know started with some pc you know client games uh and then explored with some browser-based games again kind of more for pc laptop uh world <clears throat> but really the 
the need to get to mobile is is kind of the big one for the the market to to really go mass market and get to tens of millions of players per game. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we've in the last sort of six months, really, we've seen um, quite a bit of movement um, from Apple and Google, at least in terms of laying down some laws. Um, which right. They may not be laws we particularly sort of sort of like as, as developers, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, how, how how do you do you see that play out? Because you know, this time last year, people were doing sort of nft based games through app stores but it was all a little bit sort of gray market ish and, and you weren't quite sure whether you know people doing stuff that was going to be allowed or they're going to get pulled off whereas now we at least have some some rules so is, it, is this you know do, do you think the, the platform holders are are sort of making those first steps to allow blockchain games to be mass market on mobile yeah I, look I, I think it's a it's a huge uh, movement for the whole industry to have uh, the beginnings of clarity. And I think the, the policies yeah. need a, a little bit further to go. Um, but I think it's, it's acknowledgement by Apple and Google who unfortunately have a stranglehold, you know, on the industry mm. of the entire smartphone industry to say, you know, there's certain things that we're going to permit, um, there's disclosures and transparency that developers need to provide to the players. Um, and then from an advertising standpoint, you know, it's going to be some, uh, a bunch of uh, rules, you know, for that as well. So I think it's a big step in the right direction, and it legitimizes uh, the industry quite a bit um, from <clears throat> at least the the mobile market world. Um, and so I think that's uh, that's a that's a big move. I, I think we're going to need to continue to push that uh, boundary for the the blockchain gaming market to, to take hold. I think what's happening, and there's a lot of things happening beyond just blockchain games. I think what's what's happening with Epic uh, and Apple. Um, is obviously pushing the whole, you know, mm. a lot of uh, the the games industry forward um, on smartphones, not just blockchain games, but all of mobile games. Um, and so I think there's there's a lot of tailwinds for uh, things like, you know, antitrust and Apple, Google overstepping their their bounds and really being a duopoly on a global basis. And I think there's a lot of strangulation of you know, interesting innovation, just like, you know, like Web3 games. And so I, I'm, I'm very optimistic that we'll continue to take steps forward. Um, and, uh, and I think that's, that's going to be a key to unlocking Web3 for the masses. Mm-hmm. I, I guess one of the interesting things that has changed in mobile since, you know, Kabam um, sort of reaching mobile games is, is, you know, that sort of period was, I guess we can now look at it back as sort of a global age of, of, of UA in the sense that you had this sort of transparent sort of tracking and you could sort of, you didn't necessarily right. know who people, who players were, but you knew what sort of games they liked and how much they paid. And obviously that's sort of gone away for everyone now. So that's the entire, you know, whether you're doing blockchain games or not, the mobile space is now very, it's much harder to, to make profitable from an advertising point of view. Do you think that Web3 is, can help in that sort of solution? Because Web3 has potentially a lot of virality in it although obviously clearly not at the moment in a bear market so oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I, I think i think mobile well look I, I i think i think data privacy is is a a real concern so mm. i can tell you that in the early days of mobile <clears throat> advertising it was really the wild wild west and people yeah. were uh, there, there was lots of bad actors all around in terms of mm. um, in terms of what data was being collected, how that data was being sent to intermediaries and data brokers, and then how that was being then used. Um, you know, so <clears throat> I do think that um, it has been there's been some positive steps, you know, on that front. Mm. I think though, 
you know, perhaps the pendulum swung too far to the other side and now it's just, you know, incredibly hard to track ROAS, you know, if you're yeah. a certain type of, of publisher mm -hmm. period um, and you really can't get much data uh, at all. And so I think that, um, <clears throat> I, I do think that on the blockchain gaming side, on the using blockchain and getting explicit permission from the users and players to say, look, I'm going to contribute some of my valuable data and time, you know, mm -hmm. to a platform. And then I understand exactly what I'm, I'm giving up. And then I, I'm, you know, being rewarded for that. I, th I still think, I, I know it sounds like a broken record in the Web3 gaming, just Web3 world in general, but yeah. I think this idea of really having a community-based, um, hmm. uh, you know, community-based approach, as well as one where the platform is sharing the rewards with the players is certainly hmm. something that uh, is at the heart of what we're trying to do at Trophy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and really, you know, not that we're trying to be an advertising network per se, but what we are really trying to do is help a player build their gaming identity. Hmm. And then for game publishers, game publishers to say, you know what, I know that, you know, John is a really valuable player and they're uh, providing both economic value and, and engagement value and potentially social value into my game. And I want to reward John with <clears throat> certain types of offer to come and try out my new game that I've been building for the last two years. That's a lot of, I think, our belief in trophy is you know, the player is you know, your your profile, your identity is valuable, and that we yeah. want to help you monetize that um, explicitly with your permission and have you sharing the rewards of the platform. Mm -hmm. So, um, making take a, a little bit of a back step from from trophy. Uh, so, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this one, uh, but you basically you have a, there's a company called Superlay, which is sort of like an incubator, sort of yeah, VC fund, sure. sort of. Sort of hybrid, which is yep. something that you guys started, um, and and Trophy came out of that. So, can you talk a little bit before we get onto Trophy? Can you talk a little bit about sort of Superlay? Because Superlay has a bunch of different sort of uh, projects in there, and, and, yeah. and they're sort of you know, going different directions. Yeah, but I'll just uh, double click a little bit on my history. Yeah. So, what happened after <laughs> I sold Kabam um, yeah. was I spent eleven years making games, and I, I really loved the gaming industry in general. But I did, you know, it's just in terms of making games. Um, I've done it for 11 years. And so I, I sold it. And actually what I did was I started an esports company. Yes. Um, and worked with some great partners uh, and investors. And what I told them was, I think esports has a really interesting future ahead of it. Here's my thesis of what how it'll play out. Um, and I don't want to run it. You know, let's find another CEO and team to, to go run this thing. And my investors and partners said, you know, let, let's take a look. And we looked at, you know, a bunch of, we talked to a lot of different um, uh, folks. And they ultimately said, Kevin, why don't you sit in the seat, you run it for the first year or two years, and then get it off the ground, and then we'll do a CEO search after that. It'll be easier to find somebody that can run it after that. So I said, okay, great. And that was the first time I sort of founded a company explicitly with the idea that I'm going to uh, leave the CEO seat but um, really work careful, work very closely as you know, very much a founder and then kind of a transitionary CEO to, to find somebody great who could take it to that next level. Um, and, and because that model worked out so well, I then did that again for a company called Rally, which is a Web3 yep. um, social platform, and then a company called Forte, which is a game development platform, um, and then a couple of other small things too. And so that, that was the impetus behind Superlayer was I would you know, form an incubator, find really great entrepreneurs that uh, had done some incredible things in a non-Web3 world, help them build the first Web3 gaming company, 
um, sometimes being the kind of initial founding CEO, sometimes being sort of on the board, um, and but in all cases being pretty heavily involved and trying to help the entrepreneur, um, you know, really you know be successful with a new idea and what could work in Web three gaming. And so Trophy was very much you know in that model. So um, there's two great founders, Riaz Lalani as well as uh, Travis Anderson. Um, Riaz had spent time at Zynga, as well as a bunch of uh, fantasy sports, um, okay. you know, gaming platforms. Travis has spent time at Unity and Iron Source, um, and um, and so, but very much on the gaming side of that business. And then we um, we had, you know the, the three of us and a bunch of other folks at Superlayer came together with the idea behind Trophy, um, and so that's uh, so Trophy is is a, you know kind of it's been about a year since we started it. And uh, we're really excited about uh, the results that we're seeing so far. So when you've broadly sort of spoken about, um, you know, this sort of community-based approach and, and, and play, you know, it, in a sense, it's sort of, you know, a, whether you want to call it advertising or a sort of a discovery platform, or, I mean, it's, it, I guess it's, it's, it's a little bit of all those things, plus this, this <laughs> idea that, you know, the, the players are having some permission over what's going on there. So it's, so it's not, you know, not being sold stuff they don't necessarily want, but they're sort of being hopefully um, excited about new games and, and, and sort of incentivized to sort of get involved in, in those things. So, you know, there, I, I would say broadly across the blockchain game sector, there are quite a lot of companies doing that because that's sort of what every guild who launched in 2021 ended up doing because basically the guild model was based on Actinfinity. Actinfinity is a, as a, economy didn't work anymore and so all these yeah. guilds had raised some money and they said what can we do and they said we're going to be a discovery community platform so so right. it, the positive is everyone's everyone's seen that's a good idea so i don't think anyone, anyone questions that there will be companies in that space i guess the, the question is how how do companies like you know presuming in this conversation we're going to say trophy is going to be one of the one of the winners in this space you know what's the differentiation there because you know sort of on a blockchain an open blockchain you know everyone has access to the, sort of the same data so yep. you know that, that, there's sort of a, 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 a level playing field there there's no sort of secret source you can look at the data see what nfts are in there see what these people have done um so so how does that work out is it just like you know the person with the most funding sort of sort of wins out somehow <laughs> or you know is it something sort of, some sort of smarter that, that that trophy is sort of doing that other people sort of can't do yeah i i think it's a it's a combination of you know, two or three things. Um, I think the, the, to me, it's you know, the team that we've assembled in terms of, you know, having real product and technology expertise, as well as um, kind of what I'll call a strategic partnership uh, side with Travis, leading that up. That's been in the games industry for a long time, has worked with game publishers uh, for a long time. Um, and then, you know, myself and Mike Lee and a few others that have, you know, founded Kabam and been in the games industry for, for a couple decades. I think one is just the people that we're, we're kind of putting together uh, into something like this. The second is, you know, having built real technology and software. So like, you know, a lot of people can't start a community on Discord and, and of course starting a community and getting the community fired up is, is not easy, uh, certainly. But there's also, you know, we saw in the bull market, there was just a lot of you know, communities that sprang up and then kind of fragmentation of those communities. And then certain gaming guilds try to create like super, you know, DAOs that have sub DAOs, you know, attached to them, just very complex structures to account for the fact that, you know, there's just not, there's not a whole lot of your know, communities um, as they get larger and larger tend to fragment, you know, mm -hmm. so there's almost sort of inverse, uh, you know, scale uh, benefits, you know, as you get to a certain size. Um, and, and we think that, you know, there's a lot of, 
you know, there's a lot of hard work that require is required to build a technology product and scale that. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you, you know, look at the product that we've made, we just made it super easy for people to get into a web three experience, uh, and use, um, use a lot of interesting technology to, to make it such that somebody can get into this experience without having to know anything about web three, yeah. somebody who's a full web three nerd, you know, can, um, can do things like claim their private keys and really take control of the wallet, you know, out the gate. But, you know, for somebody who doesn't know anything about web threes, it's like, we, we really, um, introduce you into the experience in a, in a kind of gradual way. Mm-hmm. If you want to, as a web two user, for example, you can say, you know, what? I've been playing 20 hours of games. Uh, I've earned, you know, $5 uh, or $10. I can go uh, get an Amazon gift card, you know, instead okay. I don't want anything to do with the crypto side of things. And that mm-hmm. could be a very valuable person. And that might be what somebody does for the first, you know, month, two months, three months. And then when they become more and more comfortable with <clears throat> what the product does and uh, get more involved in the community and they may say, okay, you know what? I actually want to participate in the token aspects of the economy. And then they can just, they can slowly get introduced into that. So we really believe that there's a, a real product and technology differentiation in terms of uh, what we build. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third one, you know, to your point, I think there is, you know, in the bear market, um, teams that can put some capital together and have uh, some money to, to invest in things like, you know, community building and obviously software development and user acquisition and, and go to market uh, activities. These are things that we're able to kind of invest in through the bear market because we're just long-term builders, you know, in the Web3 world and our investors uh, and partners uh, know that and that, um, you know, we're going to be here for the long term and really, you know, take a really good shot at this. So mm-hmm. I think all those things kind of put together, I think, you know, hopefully, <laughs> Uh, I think there's going to be multiple winners, you know, in this yeah. space, but you know, I certainly, um, you know, think that what we're doing at Trophy is very special. Where do you, I mean, how do you, who do you think your sort of core audience is? And is that different? Is your core audience now different to your core audience in a year's time? Because obviously, you know, oh, yeah, as, you, as sure. you pointed out, there's the web, there's the web two people who obviously much bigger because the web two people is about 10,000 of us. <laughs> so, so <laughs> but, but at least those people are quite interested in new stuff. So you sort of, you know, how do you sort because of, I, I guess lots of projects now are sort of saying you know we will have if it's a game or, or a platform we'll have a free-to-play thing it'll be all you know custodial wallets you won't need to know about any of that stuff um but i sort of wonder whether though the web 2 people how you get them interested in it because if they if you know we think web 3 is sort of fascinating for all yeah. the things it can do but if you <laughs> don't if you don't either you don't like that stuff or you're not interested in it, then you don't know that these, what these features are. There's sort of a bit of a chicken and egg when it comes to the, yeah. the sort of the web two. Let, let me talk about the, the core premise of, yeah. of what Trophy does. And then, I, and then I'll go into answering a question about why a web two user, I think, you know, can get yeah. in, involved in okay. this as well as a web three user. And so, you know, I, when, when we were running Kabam, um, we would get incredibly, and again, back then there was a lot more that you could do in terms of working with ad networks. Um, but what we would, you know, what was available back then was you could say this person, you know, one of the most interesting things that started happening was you could say, Hey, this person has spent a thousand dollars on this game. Yeah. You can have that date. You can have that type of targeting profile. Mm. And then you go to that, that network who obtained that information, however they obtained that information yeah. and say, and they would say, look, we'll sell you, you know, impressions against this type of a user for, mm. and it would be an astronomical rate. Yeah. Because, you know, for a game company, if you knew that somebody has spent, 
$1,000 on another game, you'd be willing to pay you know, $50, $100 in some cases to get that user to try out your game. Uh, that was just what, it, you know, the, what the math would break down to on an ROI right. basis you know, over time. And that user who had you know, spent, let's say, $1,000 playing a game that he or she liked would see none of that benefit. They didn't understand that their data was being sold uh, that way and that they were being targeted in that way. Um, and yet that person getting an ad in front of that user was an incredibly valuable thing. And certain companies made a lot of money you know, doing that type of targeting. Um, and so <clears throat> what we want to try to do at Trophy is to take, take that model and flip it around and say, you know what, you as a player, you're going to be in charge of your identity. You're going to be in charge of uh, your playing history. Mm -hmm. And if people want to put offers in front of you to go try out their new game, well, that's, you know, you're, you're going to be able to, to, to build up that identity um, and, and the game publisher is going to be able to reward you directly from it. And what we try to, what we do at Trophy is we try to pay out 98% of what, revenues okay. we get from the publisher to the user um, themselves. And then we take that extra 2% and we um, we actually invest that into the overall token you know, network okay. um, and, and use that to build up the, the token network. So, the, <clears throat> so it's, it's a really interesting model where we just say, you know what, we're, we're just trying to be this layer that it facilitates game publishers rewarding players for valuable you know, behaviors. And that valuable behaviors includes things like, you know, spending. It yeah. includes things like, uh, like not just downloading a game, but actually playing the game and getting to a certain level within the game so that you get a, give that game a fair shot. Mm. Um, and so there's a, there's a number of different things that we try to help the player understand how they're building that, that profile today. And the, today it's on mobile games, but we really, we, we kind of think about this over time, having a much bigger vision and extending things like console, okay. PC games, really just any game, um, potentially even VR games, you know, going forward, we want this to be kind of this hub where you can truly build up your identity and have, you know, Hey, I bought the, <clears throat> I bought the, you know, Apple VR device and I'm playing games there. I've got an Xbox or PlayStation. I'm playing games there. And I'm also playing games on my iPhone or, or Android device. Um, and then I'm building an incomplete profile of the types of games that I've played and <clears throat> there's validation from kind of a, a platform like Trophy that says you actually did these things as a player and then give game publishers a way to say, you know what, I want to target Kevin. I want to target John because they play RPGs or they play, you know, sports games or, and whatever. And I've, I've got the next great game that I've been, you know, been building and I want to get it in front of the right audience. Um, so it's just a really simple way to, um, to say we're going to turn this model around and help players get paid for the marketing spend that, you know, publishers would, would generally spend and throw it into the ether. Uh, and then at networks and the metas and you know, slash Facebooks of the world or Googles of the world will really make all of the money, you know, in terms of the, the targeting and data profile that they have. Instead, we flip it around and just say, you know what, we're going to give you the user, the player, the ability to monetize your time and attention um, and where you're choosing to spend your, your dollars. And so it's, you know, that, that's kind of the, <clears throat> the general macro strategy of what we're trying to do with, with Trophy. And then when it gets to your question specifically of how do we get some, a Web2 user to do that? Well, Web2 user don't, doesn't have to immediately get into any of the yeah. Web3 games that we have available. They don't have to, mm. you know, they can start by playing Web2 games. They could download a Candy Crush. They could download, you know, yeah. just, just normal, you know, mobile games and then be rewarded yeah. for building up their, their profile on that. Uh, there's plenty of Web2 games that are willing to pay, uh, 
you know, a, a platform like Trophy for high quality traffic. And that's, yeah. that's really what we uh, want to facilitate. And we in turn pass 98% of that, you know, to the user uh, themselves. Um, and so we can reward you as a user for just playing Web2 games. You can redeem, as I talked about before, you can redeem an Amazon gift card, a Google gift card, an Apple gift card. You know, we have lots of yeah. Web2 ways for you to redeem the, um, the points that you're earning inside of Trophy. And then if you uh, t get to that next step and say, you know what, really what I want to do is earn the wins token instead of mm. getting the gift cards because the wins token has even more things that I can do with it. Um, and then I, I use that to build my specifically my on-chain profile. And then I could get introduced into a bunch of uh, Web3, uh, you know, games and offers um, mm. that, that are, are tr trying to target me as a player that understands this. Um, we, we pass that on to the player as well. So we try to target a much bigger audience. And I think what a Web3 gaming guild would yeah. try to do, and we, we try to kind of meld uh, Web2 and Web3 things together. And I think even for a Web3 user, there's going to be some times where you're like, you know what, I, I kind of wanted that Amazon gift card. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, no, definitely. You know, uh, so anyway, we, we see it go in both directions. And we have you know roughly 33% of our redemptions today are in the wins token. And then the other oh, you know, 66% is in gift cards today. Mm. So, so two questions are rising. The, the, the first one is, I mean, you're the entrepreneur, not me, but why are you giving away 98%? If you gave me 50%, that, that would be, <laughs> compared to what's out there at the moment, that would seem pretty good. So 98% really seems nailing your business model to the floor. <laughs> well, look, I, I think there, what I love about Web3 is that people, you know, come at it with different philosophies, but I, I we very much embrace that super layer and then that trophy. We, we embrace this belief that the community, what we want is the community to be healthy mm. and for us to have the same exact incentive as the community, right? Okay. And so, you know, we published our, our tokenomics, uh, you know, the team, the employee, the co-founders, uh, all the people at Superlayer, we're all working based on a long-term, um, you know, a long-term interest in the token economy itself. Okay. We want the, the tokens to be, um, you know, something that users uh, can earn, you know, through the system. And then, um, you know, so everyone's aligned around the same thing. I, I think it's personally one of the, you know, I've sat in many board meetings um, with many venture investors where investors uh, and, you know, potentially the, the, the management team of a company, they care about the equity, you know, of, of a company. And then their users care about, you know, an NFT or, you know, a token or something else, you know, and, and, and I think incentives are misaligned. I think it's one, it, I think it's a really powerful thing in all of Web3 on a global basis to say, we're going to create this online community and everything is going to be driven by the same tokenomics. And because of that, you know, we're giving away 98% of the value back into the token, back into, you know, to the user driving that value itself. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a really powerful model for Web3. Uh, and it's something that uh, we're, we're very much exploring with Trophy. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess it's sort of, um, yeah, I mean, it really sort of for, not forces you, but it, it, the alignment for you guys is this has to be a mass market product. This doesn't work for some little niche Web3 guys buying expensive NFTs. I mean, no, this, this has right. to be used by millions of people for it to make any sort of money for us in the long term. Yeah, like I, I, I love, um, you know, there, there's there's lots of game designers that are really exploring using NFTs and, and fungible tokens to, to create on-chain, you know, games. I think that's a really... Um, fruitful, you know, path forward. 
I also think it's a really hard path. There's just a lot of things that have to go right um, for that type of game to, to take off. And, you know, it, it, the reality is um, we're just the only games that have taken off in that fashion have been really driven by a lot of speculative activity that when the tide comes in and it's a bull market, it's, you know, you want to be Axie Infinity, absolutely, for sure. Uh, but when the tide goes out, it's also incredibly, yeah. you know, rough. And yeah. what we're trying to do with Trophy and the way that we design the economy is that it's 100% sustainable, um, right? Because it's, it's being driven by real revenues. The game publisher is paying us to get to a certain user base. And that user base then, you know, basically earns the the reward directly from that publisher. And it's a, it's a very, whether the crypto markets are, are in a bull mode or bear mode, um, it kind of doesn't matter as long as we're, we're taking in real revenues and the users are earning that revenues. Now in a bull market, maybe a web three game publisher is willing to, to, to pay, you know, more to acquire users. And that we, again, we just pass on 98% of that benefit directly to the user driving that value. So does that mean in terms of the, if I'm a web two user, don't care about web three, never going to use web three, but like I'm really, you know, big, uh, very active on trophy. Um, I, I, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to want your wins token. I'm just going to get my Amazon vouchers. But presumably in, in the background, that activity is still being geared by the token economy that's underlying Trophy. So so whether I'm doing any Web3 stuff, Trophy's doing Web3 stuff because that's what the whole system works on. Would that be that's correct? Right. That's yeah. right. Okay. If I really, what, what, we, what we actually do is if you're just a Web2 user and you're using, you're claiming gift cards mm. um, right now, we give a lesser percentage, less than 98%, where it's oh, still paying okay. the, the numbers. Mm. And then we take the remaining and we basically allocate it to the Web3 users. So we really, okay. the, the, the whole incentive system is there to say, you know, you, you can start on the Web2 side, but we really, you know, this whole thing is about aligning incentives mm. by everyone in the community and, and trying to reward everyone in a Web3 way. And so, mm. um, we really take the economics and we focus it on the web three economics. And that's, that's something that I think is really different about what we do at trophy. So it really is helpful to come and be participating in trophy as a web three user, even, you know, right away. Uh, but you, as a web two user, you have a, you know, a gradual on-ramp into the rewards. Yeah. One of the other sort of thoughts I, I've had about sort of community in the web three space is that um, you know, unlike not, I wouldn't say unlike every every other sort of traditional Web two game, but but obviously community is sort of for for better or or, or worse, sort of inbuilt into Web three projects, sort of from the get go. That you sort of have an announcement that you're going to have a white paper in three months time, and then you're going to sell some. You know, there's this very sort of reverse reverse sort of cycle, um, right. and 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 that scene is about community is very important for that, um, and that may or may not be the case in future. But for me, I sort of wonder if. For, for sort of blockchain games, just because they sort of have community as sort of a layer within their development process or their, or their sort of marketing budget and, uh, or their marketing sort of um, publishing model, is that is it actually is there a less of a role for sort of discovery type platforms than there than there was because the the, the sort of web the popular web three games just sort of do that themselves sort of inherently, which games haven't done so much in the past. So I sort of wonder whether in this cycle. You know, you might. Well, one one thing that could happen is trophy is sort of has has a whole bunch of sort of 
less successful games in there, and that may be enough to give you a big audience. But the sort of the most successful games just say, well, we just sort of do it themselves. So you know, we, we can we, we have enough gravity, we have enough success to draw people in without necessarily requiring a whole bunch of other sure. sort of third party yeah. platforms. Well, I, like, I, I think this is where having been a, a game publisher and running yeah. a game publishing house has been you know, very helpful. <laughs> yeah, as a game publisher, it, it, we we used to, you know, you have a certain marketing budget that you set aside for for every game. Mm. And then within that marketing budget, the way that our, our marketing marketing teams in the gaming industry generally you know, work is that you have a certain amount of budget, usually less than 10%. You're trying with, you're always trying new channels. You're trying okay. new things. Um, because you're trying to, like a lot of times you, what happens is a new channel emerges, you know, let's say you were advertising on TikTok, you know, five years ago yeah. um, or three years ago, you know, at the beginning of COVID, you know, you would just have seen massive ROI and that ROI generally tends to, to come and it happens for, you know, six months, nine months, a year maybe. And then, you know, everyone else starts learning about it too. And then they start shifting their ad dollars there and then the ROI, you know, sort of goes away. Okay. Um, and and so what happens as a game publisher is you're all you're testing everything all the time. So generally you're allocating, you know, a big part of your budget to the Googles and Facebooks slash metas slash um, you know other other platforms that kind of are proven gaming platforms. Um, and then you allocate a, a small budget to trying out a bunch of new platforms all the time. And so uh, no, I'm not concerned at all. Like, like really what, <clears throat> really what we are focused on at trophy is making sure that we cultivate a really high quality, you know, player audience and, um, and then working with game publishers, both on web two game pu publishers, as well as web three game publishers mm -hmm. to curate the exact audience that, you know, they're, they're trying to get into the game. Uh, and I think that the challenge for web three for like a very community based approach for discovery, which I think is the, the crux of your question is that mm -hmm. communities have, you know, there's a lot of um, benefits as a community grows until it gets to a certain size in online communities, you know, they can get into the many tens of thousands and still be a pretty, you know, healthy tight knit community, but you, you sort of really, you know, when you see communities and Reddit, you know, subreddits and, and so forth, get into the millions, you know, people, the community, it you know, starts to fragment. It's just incredibly difficult once you get to a certain very, very large size to to have you know a tight knit community, and you lose some of the special magic that makes the the early community so special. And so, I think a discovery system based on community is actually you know sort of at odds with it, right? So, as mm -hmm. as your community is getting, if you're trying to build a discovery you know based community, you want to grow that community because you know generally your business is working better when you can drive some real scale. Yeah. But as you get bigger and bigger, then your community loses a lot of the magic and, and intimacy of, of people actually knowing each other and having real conversations with each other to people just yelling at a Discord channel. And then it's, you know, then it's 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 harder to, to actually make that happen. So okay. I think the, you know, there's a lot of really interesting things you can do with on-chain identity uh, and yeah. using blockchain tokens to drive that. And I think there's... Um, there's certainly some projects that uh, we look at that are taking a very Web3 centric approach to this. And then we come at this and we say, you know what, we're going to try to drive a really large audience. So we're going to curate this audience with uh, both Web2 users as well as Web3 users. So we can really get some real meaningful scale here. Yeah. Um, and then when we try to broker the arrangements with uh, game publishers that we have great relationships with, we can do that both in Web 2 and Web 3 and then drive some significant scale to those games with exactly the right type of audience they're looking for. Cool. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and and uh, how, 
you said about Trophy's been going for about a year, so I'm not quite sure when you went live. But what are, what's sort of the first um, sort of feedback you've got? How, how are you finding it in the in the market at the moment? Yeah, so we um, we're finding some some good receptivity in this. I think people are, almost think it's what what three is a funny thing. You either have <laughs> you have people who you have a lot of skeptics who are like, this is too good to be true. Why? How are you giving away ninety eight percent of the, the value? And then you have other you know folks that are more you know web three um, you know who've been in web three for a long time are like. Why isn't this a much bigger airdrop? Why am I not getting five hundred dollars worth of airdrop yeah. you know, rewards, you know, for being early in the community? And kind of, you know, in, in the way that we think about it, and which is the very different way that we, you know, having been building up the space for five years, we just think we want to make this very sustainable, yeah. both in good markets and bad markets. I and mean, obviously, we're in a bad market right now, yeah. and we want to really build this to be uh, sustainable for the long term. And so, we really just focus on how do we drive great revenue deals with game publishers and then how do we pass that to the players that are delivering the value that's it it's really that simple and you just need some real scale to do that um and so we go and try to get that scale and we try to make it uh just really simple from a web 2 standpoint to kind of get onboarded and then but get you into the web 3 journey if you become you know really into the, the web 3 aspect of it and have you seen any changes in sort of user behavior in terms of, because I, I guess in in a sense, one one thing you could hope to do is instead of people going through to the App Store or Google Store to look at get the new games, they're just getting the new games through you. So oh, yeah, in, in, in a, in a right. sense, you, you're not you're not asking you're not asking players to do anything different. You're just asking them to do it in a different place that's than right. they would have otherwise have done. That's that's exactly right. It's it's basically, yeah, having having now um, been on the other side, you know, I've, I've been. Uh, credit card user and kind of, I was one of those people who, you know, looked at all the different reward programs and try to optimize all of my spending and say, okay, well, I know I'm going to spend on airlines and hotels. I'm also going to want to redeem those rewards. Amazon prime user, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to go sign up for all these different credit cards and make sure I, you know, have it all Use set right up. So when I buy an airline, you know, I'm using the right credit card, et cetera. And when I redeem my points, I'm also, you know, funneling them to the, to the right things. And, you know, what happens over time, you realize that number one, you, you you use certain credit cards to buy certain things, but they're also on the reward redemption side. You know, it's just much better. For example, in Chase and a few others pioneered this, where it's much better if you book travel to go to the Chase side and book it through them. Yeah, you could go to Expedia or Hotels.com, but I know that if I go to the J to the you know, JP Morgan side, I'm just going to get a much better deal because of the credit card that I have. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing here. It's like, yeah, you could go to the Google's and you know Play Store, and they're going to curate it algorithmically for you, yeah. and uh, that might be you know, good for you as a player or over time what we hope that is that the next time you buy your call of duty the next time you're buying your you know Baldur's gate three the next time you're downloading you know a new <clears throat> match three game or rpg game you know on your mobile device that you're coming to trophy and you're building up your player profile and identity yeah. here and that we give you rewards for for doing it hmm. right and so gamestop has a very valuable uh, membership uh, rewards, you know, frankly, that's the only thing that's keeping GameStop, you know, profitable, yeah. you know, at this point is their membership program. And we just really think, how do we create the equivalent, like digital version of that and then use Web3 tokens as a way to, you know, do this on a global basis, right? We're not just serving U.S. customers. We're not mm. just serving, you know, people who, who want U.S. dollars. Um, but with Web3, we're able to really create a, a worldwide, you know, player base because that's really what, what the games, um, 
you know, industry is today, it's a global mm. player base. Yeah, yeah. And just sort of a final question, because you, you have been quite involved in, in, in esports, and I always kind of think esports is, is one of those business models that sort of hasn't worked at all, even though esports is massive, it's sort of never really worked apart from sort of the people making, making a few companies making the games. Um, <laughs> and, and esports may not work within what you're trying to do in trophy as, as a product, but um, yeah. is, 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 do you think that, that sort of blockchain is, 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 is the solution for esports or is that, is that just no. me with my sort of blockchain <laughs> enthusiasm just seeing blockchain as a solution for everything? Or, or are, are there yeah. more problems with esports than, than just incentive alignment can fix? Yeah, I think I think esports the, the the problems in esports are much bigger than what incentive alignment you know drives. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, I, I've certainly followed the experiments where people you know started to DAOs to go buy esport teams um, yeah. and, and even other you know sports teams. Um, and I think that that's helpful. And those experiments I think are are going okay. And then there's obviously uh, Chili's and a few others that have created yeah. these fan tokens. Um, <clears throat> that'll let their the fans who own the tokens like the next jersey designs and other you know interesting decisions um, you know for the for the team. So I I I, I think some of those experiments are really interesting you know actually. Mm-hmm. But I I think esports itself you know the the problems in esports are you know frankly that the 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 two biggest engines for traditional sports which are ticket sales and media revenues yeah. they don't work there's no exact parallel in the esports world while the viewership is really big in esports any one country's viewership especially the countries that matter um from a media revenue business um esports is doesn't have quite the scale you know in in the the key markets um and then in terms of there's all these you know headlines about oh yeah when it you know when league of legend worlds goes to you know staples center it sells out in an hour you know for example uh, but the reality is that when you have the, you know, the, the Wednesday night game between, <laughs> yeah. you know, two different teams, like it's hard to get even 500 people to, to get into mm-hmm. the seats, you know, on that time. So I think it's, um, you know, the, the esports industry is still growing. Um, I think it's just not going to be the hyperbolic bro- growth that everyone thought. And I think even when you look back at, you know, the basketball and, you know, the NBA, NFL, mm-hmm. two biggest sports, you know, today, they had times early on where there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of issues with the business model. Mm. Um, but I, I think esports is one of those things that will continue to, you know, there's just so much interest still in the younger generation, especially, mm. you know, is really interested in it. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's one of those industries that has a, a interesting future ahead of it. And I'm still very optimistic about it, but it's going to take longer than what everyone thought. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with all all interesting technology and business models is it always takes much longer than we thought. It takes longer. <laughs> I'm totally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I'd like to say, uh, without us going on for our podcast too much longer, uh, thanks, thanks, Kevin. That was that was really great uh, to uh, to get your insight into into, into what's going on with. Uh, yeah, with, thanks uh, for having me on. In, the, in these in these sectors, and obviously everyone should go and, and download a trophy trophy right now and uh, and start playing around with that and get your uh, nine, get ninety eight percent of your value. But, uh, by, by uh, getting the tokens. So uh, thanks to Kevin and thanks to you for watching, listening to the podcast, however you are consuming it, every episode. We are talking to the people who are building out um, what I think is the, the most interesting sort of part of gaming at the moment, where there's entirely new business models, entirely new ways of approach of playing games um, and interesting hybrid hybridizations of, of things we know, or things we don't know. So I hope you're enjoying it. I certainly am. And come back next time. See you then. Goodbye.